0: Hello, Saints and Sinners. Join us for this episode of the Church Folk Podcast, where we talk to prayer warrior Vanita Naylor about her journey from California to Georgia and all that entailed in regards to that adjustment and her spiritual journey, how she navigates church and relationship with God, how the South is different, and why she's praying more than ever before since she moved to Georgia. You'll be enlightened, entertained, And hopefully you'll learn some things that will be helpful in your spiritual journey too on this episode of the Church Folk Podcast. Hello, saints and sinners. It's time for the Church Folk Podcast. This is the podcast that examines the spiritual journey that Christians and other people of faith are taking and how religion is working for them or not working for them. Thanks for streaming and downloading this podcast. We look forward to an invigorating conversation. Let's do this! Hello, Saints and Sinners. Welcome back to another Church Folk Podcast. Uh, I'm blessed to have a good friend uh, on my inaugural uh, podcast of the Church Church Folk Podcast, Vanita Naylor. Uh, I'll let her introduce uh, herself, but we are longtime friends. Uh, we first met uh, when uh, Harriet Tubman took us up north <laughs> from Buffalo's plantation, and uh, we've been friends ever since. So uh, we we do have some history. Um, I've attended church with her, and she's uh, she's had a Christian walk. That we all have, and uh, I'm honored. That you are my first guest so uh I can tell you she's a uh she's a woman of god uh she's a mother i, I don't know are you a prayer warrior you know can you oh, like, definitely you can, I, pray I can only you, you can pray and make huh? somebody, you can pray and make somebody die like that's what a prayer warrior is.
1: Right, but you can pray and make things happen. You can pray and move mountains. Okay, and that's the big difference. Right. Yeah, okay. I don't want to kill anybody. That's not my. That's not my job.
0: Then you know, why be prayer warrior? But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you introduce yourself, um, and uh, then we'll we'll talk a little bit about your uh, spiritual journey. Uh, we can't talk about anything these days without talking about. Um, the coronavirus situation uh, and how that changes right. things. Um, and we'll just go from there and, and, and see what, what happens in regards to uh, some revelations or some things that would be helpful for all of us. So Vernita, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: My name is Vernita Naylor. I am a native of Northern California, particularly Oakland, California. And I have been transplanted to Georgia. I've been here for almost two years and just really getting the lay of the land. I believe that God brought me here because a lot of things need to change. We will talk more about it as we, you know, keep on discussing different topics. But I have been a a prayer warrior since I was a child. Sometimes you go through life and different challenges and you find that you have to pray and only prayer can get you through. And because of that, my daughter, she is a prayer warrior as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's all I got to really say.
0: So why don't you give sort of a brief um, linear timeline of your Christian walk where you it sounds like you were maybe raised in the church was there any? Was there a seminal moment where you say, "Oh, I've, I'm going to be saved"? Were you were you saved as a child? Did were you baptized before you even knew what it meant? Mm-hmm. Were there things that happened along the way? Why don't want you talk about your progression as a Christian from childhood?
1: Okay, so as a child, um, primarily, I I was by myself for a number of years. And then my sisters, they came to live with us from Arkansas. Mm -hmm. My sisters came to live with us. And my sister, one of the first things she did was she took us to church. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And in the church, I noticed that people, lives weren't changed. They were still out there smoking after church or during church. They were, um, you know, fooling around with people's husbands and wives, and I just noticed different things, you know, being mean, lying. And as a kid, I knew that there was something different that God was not like that. So, how, because how old you, of my relationship,
0: how old were you when you um, noticed I, uh, this difference between what was being practiced and what was being lived, or what was
1: being? Um, I was a teenager. I was a okay. teenager. I was Mm -hmm. a teenager and I just knew something within me. Plus, I used to read the Bible on occasion and it was like something wasn't lining up with what I saw versus what was happening in the church. And that was a Baptist church. So when I became an adult, I sought another church and I ended up at a non-denominational church. And most of my life. I have been worshiping in non-denominational churches, because I don't like to get caught up in the, the, the different denominations. If you're a Baptist, you can't do this. If you're Pentecostal, you do this. If you're seven-day Adventist, you do this. I don't like those different types of things. I like to be able to just read the word, go by what the word says, and don't have anything else clouding how I worship the Lord and how I live for the Lord.
0: Do you think that the um the, the rules and regulations for lack of a better phrase in, in your uh typical Baptist church or Adventist Church or AME church or whatever it was, do you think that led to hypocrisy? Because I'm thinking no matter what church you go to, you're gonna find a fair degree of hypocrisy. We're all we're all sinners. Um what what? How right. you, at some point, you you had to say, "Yeah, these people are all liars and cheats and philanderers, and and they they all do ungodly things." But that has nothing to do with the rules of the church. That's the way people are.
1: Right, and see, that's why I said by having a relationship with a non-denominational church, you get caught up in what the word says. And you deal with the word according to that and not putting different denominations on it. You're right. Hypocrisy is all around. But how you interpret the word by building a relationship with God yourself is the key. Because when you get caught up in the different types of faith, then they're guiding and they're channeling how you receive and how you relate to God. So non-denominational, that takes that away and you just focus mainly on what the Bible says.
0: Do you think that in the non-denominational churches, because I, so I, I don't know this for sure. I can speak for myself, but I suspect everyone runs along this path. You decide you're going to be religious or you're going to, you know, join a religion or commit to spiritual spiritual not religious okay (laughs) you, you, you decide there's going to be a commitment there to correct to your relationship with the lord but then you also discovered that what's being advertised in whatever congregation or denomination or church that you're in at some point you see that what's being advertised is not what's being delivered okay
1: and and that's correct that is correct that is correct that's why if you have a relationship with the lord and savior jesus christ you can't get caught up you shouldn't get caught up in what the different denominations are saying or doing because those are human beings and human beings make mistakes it's just like a parent You hold your parent at high esteem, but that parent make a mistake. And you can't say, oh, I'm going to discount that parent, who they are and what they say, because they make a mistake. You still grab those nuggets that you can benefit from, just like in church. You can't deal with everything. They might have a, a pastor who's divorced from his wife or who's cheated or someone had a baby out of wedlock. All those things happen. But the thing is, how do people channel themselves? How do they change as they are going through that part of their lives? What are they doing? Are they constantly denying it? Are they constantly lying about it? Then it has to be blasted in the news. Or are they just saying, hey, I did this. Forgive me. You know, so forth and so on. Because if a person does it and keep on doing it, then there's an issue. So yes, they are not so pure that they can't make mistakes, but that's why you have to have a relationship with God yourself. Because what happens is that's when I notice people be, people are like, I'm never going to church again because they lied to me. Yeah, they probably did. But if you have a relationship with God then your focus is what God is saying. Now, you may not go to that church per se, but no matter what church you go to, there's always gonna be some sort of problem from they're not putting the tithes and offerings where they need to have it or the building is never gonna get constructed or they're not really um, using the money like they say or they're just doing these other things they shouldn't be doing. You're gonna always run across that.
0: So what you've described so far, it seems to be, to me, your relationship with an institution. But in the Christian journey, speaking again for myself, there have been people who have been influential personally to me. Um, mm-hmm. Who were some people who were influential spiritually to you?
1: Um. Bishop McGee, I never forget that October, 1989, when I really learned the difference of my walk with God, I think he has passed away. I was really young then. And he, I saw his walk with God, no matter how small his church was, he did not get focused on give me money, give me money, give me money his focus was on souls being saved people's lives being changed and that's what i really started looking at and i said hmm that is what the bible said that's what jesus whole premise was to make sure lives were changed it wasn't always it wasn't about money and all these different things it was people in the bible talking about the taxes and different things as far as money. But the bottom line was people's lives change. Another person, as I got older, um, became a, a, an adult um, in my 30s, was Curtis Parker. Um, he's out of Sacramento. And his love for me unconditionally was really crucial. It showed, God, showed God's love when I was going through some rough times as a young mother Mm -hmm. and as a young single mother, and he was able to help me through when I, you know, had, I was angry or sad or depressed or what have you. He was able to guide me through, um, and by showing me the love of Jesus. And that was really helpful for me. So Mm -hmm. those two persons were really the persons that really helped me through.
0: Unfortunately, there are people who are negative influences uh, in your spiritual journey. Do you care to talk about any of those people or experiences?
1: Well, one thing I can say is by me having a foundation, I used to go to a mega church. And there was a lot of negativity being channeled through that church. But by me having my own relationship with God, what was happening did not impact me as it did some other people within the church because they expected this pastor to have done more and to not have allowed some of the things that were happening in the church. And I kept on reminding people, he is a man, he's not God. Well, he should be doing this and he should be um, sitting these people down and so forth and so on. But the thing is, like I told them, the church is so large that his hands is off of every part of the church. So the thing that you have to be holding to is your relationship with God and how you are servicing the department that you've been in charge of. So if you're in charge of the children's church, then that's your focus. You're servicing the children and their parents. If you're part of the radio ministry, that's what you focus on and let God deal with the pastor and deal with how the church is acting. And then when you pray, if it's time for you to leave, he will say that. If it's time for you to step down, he will say that. If it's time for you to move somewhere else within the church, he will tell you. So, That's been my experience. So I've had a lot of negativity um, throughout my walk with God, but it has not affected me because I do not go to the church or get caught up on the man. I get caught up on how the man is delivering the word. And when that changes, then God tells me what else to do.
0: So the negativity in churches, negativity is a broad word that, When I hear you say that, that means some stuff went down, and I'm not going to talk any further about it. But Exactly. But. Negativity negativity could mean you have a pastor who's constantly asking the um, congregation for money. Or it could be could. Eddie Long negativity. Is it a guy? That's a guy in Atlanta, right?
1: Correct. Yeah, it, it, he passed away. Yes. Well, <laughs> we all do. you he, so silly. He <laughs> actually passed away. Some would.
0: I was going to say some would say not soon enough, but that would be mean. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs>
0: um. So uh, I guess the question is: is that? Depending on the level of negativity, if you happen to be involved in the church or involved in the ministry or even if you're just attending and you're aware of what's going on. At what point Mm -hmm. do you can you not just focus on your ministry and you have to either make a decision or take a stand?
1: Well, once again, when you're called to a position in the church, you're supposed to be constantly in prayer with God constantly. Because God is guiding you as you are working within that ministry. But he also makes you privy to what's happening around you. So if you are in tune with God and or when God makes you aware of something that's happening, he will instruct you to say, hey, I need you to do this or that. I need you to step down. I need you to talk to this pastor. I need you to do this. He will instruct you. Because as you know, it had to take someone in Eddie Long's case to bring it out to the forefront, not just some, not just because he was fooling around, but bring it out in the forefront to say, hey, you're wrong. You need to step down. So it it, it takes you believing in God because that person, whoever they were, could have been. In a bad place themselves, because then people could have been saying, you're trying to tarnish his name. You're trying to do this. You're trying to do that. And they could have been in a bad position, too. But people have to trust in God enough to not be concerned of what man is, may, may do or want to try to do, if that makes sense.
0: It does. It also begs the question, can you get too close to your church?
1: Yes, yeah, some people are too close to the church that they get caught up in the the pastor. They, I mean, the pastor can do no wrong. The church is everything. That's when you find people who grew up in the church and they know no other church but that church. And they get so caught up in the church, they don't even know what the word is. And those are the people that you can fight when it, like you said, negative things can happen because those people are like, no, you're wrong. The pastor said this or this or that. But you're saying, well, what the, What does the word say? And then they're upset mm-hmm. at you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So you have to be able to stand in those type of situations and circumstance, you know, unto God, just like what's happening right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's go back to this prayer warrior Um I
1: okay i
0: so a couple of things have happened in the last i say 20 years in church that didn't happen when i grew up or maybe it didn't i wasn't paying attention that's also a very popular Correct. scenario
1: exactly um,
0: uh-huh praise dancers we did when i grew up there was no praise dancers um true that's true but when i grew up there was no internet so a lot of things have changed um, right. But I never heard I never heard of uh, a prayer warrior until recently. That that's that was a new phrase to me. And every time I heard it, I would think to myself, "Well, what do you get credentialed for this? Is it like uh, with the regular army where you you have to go through like a boot camp and then you get uh, promoted and then you are now a prayer warrior?" Or so tell me. Tell me more about this prayer warrior because if I wanted to be a jerk, which often I do, I could walk into a church or a Bible study and say, well, as you know, I'm a dedicated prayer warrior and I only do special prayers. The most difficult <laughs> situations for, for my prayer warrior status is, If you need help with your finances, I don't do that. But if you need like a mountain moving miracle, give me a call. That's the kind of prayer warrior I am. So so tell me how you became a prayer warrior, what that means. And on a more serious note, what, what have you learned about prayer over the years? That one, you wish you knew earlier and two, you would just like to share with other people since praying is a part of your spiritual journey
1: okay so um going back to bishop mcgee i used to see the mothers just terry in prayer i mean just terry in prayer and i didn't know terry Tar- what it was
0: called Wait, say that again
1: what what in prayer terry uh-huh t-a-r-r-y
0: Okay, I I just don't know. Carry in prayer. I don't know. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, me, meaning, they labor. They labor in prayer. I see. Okay. They labor okay. in prayer.
0: I've uh-huh. limited vocabulary. Um, easy with me.
1: You're so silly. You are so silly. And so I watched that growing up, and I didn't understand what that was. And when they spoke about something, and they and they labored in prayer, I saw results. And I was like, huh that's interesting. And as I got older, I was like, oh, and like you said, you'll hear the term prayer warrior. And I said, oh, I kind of titled that to what I saw the mothers do. And like you said, we didn't really have a title, but we just, we just used to hear, oh, the mothers are going to go into prayer. Mm -hmm. And you knew it was going to be just some downright praying and that's what the prayer warrior is supposed to do Mm -hmm. it's kind of like on that movie war room how she would go into prayer she was a prayer warrior she would fast she would pray she would labor in the bible she would just do everything until she heard a word from god and so in my life I had to do that because, you know, life is just different, you know, for everyone. But I found that it helped me to navigate through life because as you're going through your different things, you have to find a way to deal with the challenges of life and not let life get to you. Um, Like I said about the being angry, not understanding things. You can if you if you stay trapped in that and coming into our age, that's why you have people that's very bitter, and now I'm beginning to see young people who's very bitter because people have nothing to hold on to besides themselves. They have no higher power in which they can trust and believe in. And so for me, that's been a catalyst for me to get me through the different things that I've been dealing with in life. So that's why I just, I'm, I just t- tarry in prayer a lot, especially since I've been here. I see so much injustice here.
0: Well, Georgia it's will really you, sad. Georgia will make
1: you. Well, it's a, <laughs> right. But it's a South period, the South, all this injustice and people think this stuff is normal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really disheartening. Um, but I see my prayers being answered. Because, how can people say something in your face that's unjust and you not say anything? Because people have been taught not to say anything, they've been taught not to fight here. So, I have been just really laboring in prayer a lot since I've been here. Mm-hmm. And I just see, I've, I've seen things change. I, I've seen people who say they have a relationship with God. But that's just a word. Mm -hmm. But I've seen their lives change as well. That they really are focusing on what God is saying and not what man is saying, not what church they're going to. and, And just really, that's changing. Even when I lived in Texas, that was the same thing. You know, people come to you and say, oh, I'm bishop this. Oh, I'm prophetess this. What does that mean to me? Nothing. Who are you as a person? So that's me. I I just really have to just continue to labor in prayer because there's so much injustice that's happening in the world. And we as human beings can't change anything. We can try to influence change, but we can't change it to the ultimate place and way it needs to be.
0: Um, I want you to answer the question about um, what advice you'd give to people um, in regards to prayer. But I want to go back to what you er, said earlier in regards to when you first began praying, you said you you noticed that the mothers of the church were getting results in in terms of their prayers. I think that one mistake that is often made is that when people are told to pray, or when people are asked to pray, they think that the prayer—they think they have this ATM machine relationship with God, where right. you just pray, you will get cash back. You know,
1: right, like, <laughs> right, right, like
0: right. a Discover card. Um, Correct. You know, if you pray, it'll be—it'll come out your way. And right. Yeah. If you, if you look in the Bible or in life, speaking for myself, most of the time it don't come out, your
1: way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, see, if you're praying sincerely, though, you're not asking the way it comes out. You're just asking for God, God to move. Yeah. You just That's
0: want it. You're, you're praying for God's will. But in the beginning, when you're beginning for Christian you think you're praying for cash or you're praying for an outcome. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, that's true. And, and that can go on many, many years, if not for a lifetime. And I'm trying that's to true. Say, when that's you, true. when did you figure out? Cause you said, Oh, I, they were getting results, but then at some point you prayed for something you get, do you, you, I don't know what you were praying for, but let's go to a neutral right. example. The person's praying for a result. They don't get the result. And it's like, well, this prayer thing sucks. So, I mean, but then you learn that prayer is not about getting what you want. It's about God's will. And it's about a mechanism to get you through. And it's an and it's an mm-hmm. empathy. It's a, it's also a way of expressing empathy through and to God. You know, there's a number right. of different things that prayer is really about. But in right. the church, it's like, let's pray for brother norm that he stops being a jerk well every week (laughs) every week he's still a jerk so these prayers ain't working where where did you make that turn or how how did you come about with that understanding that someone teach you because when people say i'll pray for you you know i mean in a way at least when i say it you know i'm praying for A good outcome but I'm also praying for God's will and if God's will is to take your son, daughter, wife, brother you know I was sort of praying for that
1: (laughs) okay so I once again with Bishop McGee I learned that then I used to hear that was part of their prayer the will of God I didn't understand what that meant though Um, and so as I became a young adult, like in my twenties, and like you said, I've noticed some things wasn't coming out the way in my mind. I would pray like they prayed, but I I was expecting a different outcome. And so over a period of time, like maybe in my thirties, I start looking at the word deeper. And now when I read the word, I get a commentary as well. And a commentary helps you to break it down a little bit more. And so by doing that, it helped me a lot to understand that all of this is according to God's will at the end of the day. Um, That's why when you ask what would I recommend, I recommend not just reading the Bible that you have, maybe it's King James, get other translations as well and get a commentary write down things that's very c- close to your heart. Um, write down things that troubles you, like journal. Like for example, one thing I do, I journal, and as I'm praying about something, and then I'll go back and say, oh, wow, I was praying about this and look at this, this is what happened as a result of that. Mm-hmm. So those are some things that's very important because the thing is, it's like anything else, When you are reading a book or you're looking at a movie, most people, I put it this way, most people want to know more behind the movie or the book. They want to know the author. They want to know what caused that director or filmmaker to make that movie. You are so silly. So, you know, just going deeper. We have to go deeper than what the surface is saying. And then when you're praying, And you're asking the Holy Spirit to help you to decipher and to understand what's going on. That's yet another level. So those are the things that I would recommend. And that's the way I began to understand the word more um, because it was so many different layers that was helping me to better understand, you know, what was happening and why the results was coming out the way they were coming. I still got results. But the outcome looked totally different.
0: How do you know when God is speaking to you versus when you're just speaking to yourself and telling yourself it's God?
1: You have to be able to know yourself and you have to be able to know how God speaks to you. For example, um, when. I was supposed to come here I personally did not want to come here and so I said okay Lord if it's you I need and I gave God a list and God not only fulfilled that list he exceeded that list and it let me know okay because it's just like that fleece when they put that fleece out, God, when, who was it? I can't remember in the Bible. And he said, if it's you, Lord, let the fleece be wet and the ground around it be dry. Then the next time he said, let the ground around it be wet and the fleece be dry. That was my fleece. Hmm. And so for me, I know how God speaks to me. So people have to know God for themselves on how God speaks. God can speak in any kind of way in a dream. He can show you a billboard. It can be a television show you're watching that he can be answering something that you've been praying about. There's so many different ways that God speaks, but you have to know how God speaks. Just like a child know their parents' voice. And you're saying with God.
0: And you've Mm -hmm. had any trouble discerning between your, your, your own voice and God's voice.
1: I have had trouble, yes, when I wanted something bad. Like, for example, when I wanted to stay in California, (laughs) you know, I had trouble. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of trouble Um, because to me, this didn't make any sense. You know, I was loving California. But the thing is, it's like after a while for me, I noticed when God is asking me to do something and move, he started making things uncomfortable for me. Say, for example, if God is telling me to do something and I'm confident In my situation of where I am, and he wants me to go and do something, he makes it uncomfortable for me. Well, I have to move and do something. So you have to know the relationship you have with God and how he speaks. And that's how you need to know your Bible, because he might direct you and guide you to a scripture that's going to help to answer that as well. Or he can speak out of the mouths of two or three witnesses something that he wants you to do or something he has to say and, in correlation to a prayer. So yes, I've made a lot of mistakes. A lot of times I hear myself, but then God sends these different confirmations contrary to what I was feeling to let me know. Okay. Yeah. That, that part, that was me doing that. This over here is God.
0: Good for you. Um, what One reason I wanted to do this podcast is because I think churches are failing the African-American community and, and probably other communities as a whole. Yes. Yeah. Um, what what are churches doing right? Let's start there, in your opinion. What, what are churches getting right? If
1: anything. I, it's changing. So, yeah, it's changing so much now. I don't think churches are doing anything right per se. Because we have so many churches. It's interesting, like out here, it's like every block within a small radius, there's a church. Churches with different names. And it's like, okay, but they only have two members or three members, you know, or just a family. And it's like, what is going on with the church body that we have so many different churches and people? are worshiping and praying less you know i think we're getting caught up in titles i think we're getting caught up in you look holy i think we get caught up in um who people appear to be so i don't see a lot of things as a whole now there are churches that i know of um, it's a church I still connect with um, in in California. Um, I was listening to the Bible study last night that I like the teaching. Um, there's another one in Maryland. I I listen to them all the time on YouTube. So there are churches that are doing what the Word says: teach and try not try to be so popular. That's the thing, mm-hmm. um, because. Back in the day when we were growing up, pastors, yeah, they were kind of rough, but they didn't care what was popular. They just taught the word. But then too, we as people were different then too. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, I think it's changed so much, especially with the millennials, that the millennials are turned off. And going back to what you asked me earlier, the church is being so corrupt, caught up behind money that people no longer want to go to church.
0: Was it, is it different? Is that different or do do we just notice it because we're older?
1: Well, and back in the day we had to go. (laughs) We had no choice. And so as you got older you would go to church because that was your social circle. You would even marry people that you knew in the church. You, your friends were those in the church. Now, that's totally changed. So I think with technology, I think with the family unit is not as tight anymore, thus changing the communities we grew up in. We're so spread out now. I think everything has caused this shift.
0: So I'm going to ask you one more time. Is the church doing anything right?
1: Overall, no, not to me. Okay. Not to me. Overall. Individual churches, yes. But overall, just say you have a million churches, probably 1% is doing things right. Do you have that.
0: a do you have a solution, or an idea, or is there something <sighs> you see that is not happening that needs to happen that will improve the body of the church? Because what you're telling me is that the church is dying, and there's nothing we can do about it. In part because they're committing suicide.
1: Well, we well the thing is, it, and unfortunately, it's like going back to basics, but the. The, the 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 world has changed so much now. I don't think basic works anymore. Like you're taking church out of um, prayer, out of schools. Um, people have more moral and ethics and how they did things. But now people are caught up behind money, status. So I don't know what the churches can do because it's an individual thing now. It really is an individual thing at the end of the day. Um, even though we had churches back then, that was still an individual relationship besides you getting your butt beat by your parents if you didn't go, if you're under a certain age. But that individuality, you know, the God said you have will, you have free will. People are willing not to go to church because so many people have been hurt through the church. They no longer want to go and they don't see the reason of going. Going back to what you said, some people don't see the results of their prayers. Instead of understanding God is answering your prayers, not in the way that you want it. But the thing is, we got to realize sometimes if things were answered in the way we want it, sometimes we wouldn't be happy. We think we would. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, we wouldn't be happy. hmm So.
0: Well, saints and sinners, that was certainly a fascinating and stimulating discussion in regards to Vanita's prayer warrior walk and her spiritual journey. You'll want to join us in part two, where we discuss the effects of COVID on the church and her continued trials and tribulations in Georgia, and her advice to those who are just beginning their spiritual walk. Church folk people, I certainly enjoyed that conversation, and it was a blessing to find out about another spiritual journey and another path, and I hope it was a blessing to you also. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram at ChurchfolkPod, Pod, Twitter, Church folk Podcast, on Facebook at Church folk Podcast, And we have a website churchfolkpodcast.com on that website there's a microphone in the lower right hand corner if you click on that microphone you can leave me an audio message you can request to be on the show or you can just leave something that you want me to respond to and i'll be happy to put it on the show and give you some feedback and talk about that topic so until next time be blessed do what jesus would do and be safe